0: Hi, I'm Beck, and this is the Be Soulful Podcast, a place where we dive into deep conversations with vulnerability and authenticity to inspire you to ask the more deeper and meaningful questions in your own life. Welcome to today's episode of the Be Soulful Podcast. Today, our episode is a part two, and it's a part two to episode five, which is Callum Pereira, Mind and Body Connection. We felt as though there was still a bit more that Callum had left to give, and I still had some questions that I wanted to delve deeper and dive into with him. So he's graciously agreed to be back on part two. So we really hope you enjoy today's episode, part two, with Callum Pereira of Mind and Body Connection. Callum, welcome back to the Be Soulful podcast for part two, part two of Callum.
1: Part two. Part two. Well, wow, thank you for having me back. It's kind of yeah, it's kind of a humbling experience to have for you to call me back. So thanks for that.
0: Uh, well, I think people were um our listeners were very um intrigued. And um um a couple of them, you know, were were really um their minds were blown after listening to you, Callum. So <laughs> um it's really great to have you back. Um I don't need to do an intro on you because obviously we know who you are from part one. For those of you who um, want to hear that, you can go back to Callum's episode uh, in part one. Um, so Callum, we'll get stuck into kind of where we left off. Um, now we were talking about the mind-body connection, and I think a lot of your concepts to some of our listeners was quite new um, when they when they heard you heard you speak. Um, But today I kind of wanted to delve in a little bit deeper and talk about um, living, how we live, how we live in a healthy state and um, living simply. And can you maybe share a little bit about your thoughts on that um, and even maybe what it looks like for you?
1: Okay, Um, I'll try to find a place to start with this, but... um... I guess going back, this is a conversation we've had in the past for yeah. the, mm-hmm. the list. But yeah, this this is kind of relevant to something we've spoken about. Yeah. Um, but I suppose, um, you know, when we say living simply, it's not uh, again, it's not a self-help thing. It's it's really understanding the value in simplicity. Um, and I think we should also remind the listener constantly that how this is practical what the real true essence of it is like how it can refer back to our lifestyles and what living simply could do for your health whether it be mental state or physical state um so it's it's, i think it's pretty self-explanatory like to say to live simply means just to minimize things to um strip things back to Um, I wouldn't say just the bare essentials, but, you know, to strip back a little bit um, on the, on the things that you um, either consume in life or that's, you know, the things that you do in life. Um, Because Mm -hmm. for me, I found that health and and when, even when it comes to training people and transforming Mm -hmm. people, um, what often people are lacking is some sort of foundational value. They're lacking in really what was given to them naturally um what was what they've always had since they were a child Um, and they've kind of skipped ahead and gone ahead to you know obviously get uh taken up by your job taken up by vocation by career future prospects um maybe things that you know cultural things for example parents have pushed you into certain things and you kind of get driven so far into the future that you kind of leave behind um your your real natural state um that is kind of i guess not quite just being a child but you you know while you are a child you you leave behind um just learning to appreciate what's actually around you at any one time um so when you live simply you know we could talk about the financial aspect we could talk about maybe not consuming so much um yeah. In a material sense, we could talk about not venturing or having too many things going on at once. So maybe um, you may have lots of goals going on, but they're not really you're not getting a quality out of any one thing. You're just sort of you know fluffing around with a million things rather than just picking one. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I guess to simplify is to improve health in in my uh, point of view. Um, right. and only only once you have i suppose mastered the basics are you ready to move on to take on the next thing so you would start with the essentials you would work that up to a near 100 percent quality um <clears throat> and then only would you purchase something else or take on the next step
0: okay All right,
1: so um i know that's kind of sounds a little bit broad at the moment you know um <clears throat> i don't know how exactly i could frame it for the uh listeners to give them an example maybe you've got some ideas yeah
0: so maybe Callum if you could start with um just as an example and and I really love what you said there you said we kind of lose or we don't have we lose that foundational value what does that mean
1: Um, it's kind of what we have you know it's what we have at any one time and I think in the last um talk that we had we spoke about how important it is to be in that present Um, and that a lot of the concepts that we build of ourselves are not really Mm -hmm. present-based. They're they're Mm -hmm. based on kind of imaginary things that are in the future or, or, you know, that have been put onto us. Um, So, So Are you talking
0: about – sorry, Callum. And are you talking about um – not living in the present moment or getting caught up in things that we're either wanting to achieve and where we're kind of forecasting we're kind of either living in the future or living in the past is that what you mean and not being fully present in our life
1: yeah that that, that's being present is quite important when it comes to building a foundation Okay. Because really the foundation is, is the true substance of something, right? If, if you want something to have a strong foundation, you need to make sure you're present there doing it. You can't sit here now building all these grand plans for the future mm-hmm. when you have the resources right now to be able to build the foundation. Okay. So um, it's, it's a bit, it's, it can be a little bit tricky to grasp. I'm, I'm trying to think of an example as I go. It's a little bit. Um, That's okay. Bit, yeah. That's
0: okay. So if we were, if we were talking in terms of, obviously we are talking in terms of, you know, mind and body and health, what mm-hmm. is a good foundation to, to try and start with? What is that good foundation? What would it can look can, like?
1: Well, we can talk about something more tangible, right? Okay. Something, a bit, something a little bit more realistic in people's sure. lives. Yeah. Um, like things that are related to space and time, all mm-hmm. right? Now, it's not going to get any more complicated than that. It's just related to space and time. Basically, sleep quality. Uh-huh. Okay. That yeah, big sleep, one. Sleep, something like sleep quality, right? That's here and now, something we can address here and now. Something like just the quality of the food rather than the quantity and the, the variety. Just working on with what you have. Um another one is you know, not necessarily exercising, you know, and this is this is a big this is this is quite quite controversial when I say this, but what I mean is that people jump from being having like not having any experience in something to suddenly wanting experience in everything. Yeah. And and it's sort of going from that zero to, okay. And then you have that again, that imaginary concept of something like I want to achieve something and people kind of have the assumption that, and I've, I'm sure I've fallen into this trap as well as you have the assumption that if you just go out and get everything required for that perfect outcome, that you're going to become that perfect outcome. Okay. So it's kind of like, you know, you have to really build the, the basics first. And any art form, anybody who, any listener, if they think back to their, their, their job and if they're quite experienced in their job, you know, they, they think about how important it was to build the foundational stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and the more experienced you get, the more that you can appreciate that the basics really is what it's all about. And that, could, that can apply to any art form, any job, to anything. That in the end, it's the basics that rule. Yeah. Everything else is, is just a accessory. Um, and I use an analogy often you know, with my clients is that if you want to build a house, you have to build a foundation. You have to have a solid foundation. But what people do is they jump straight to the conclusion and they go out and buy the fancy curtains and the, and the couch and everything like that. But then the whole house falls down. It doesn't matter. All right, the, the structure itself is not built up by the accessories, not even by the aesthetic, not even by how pretty things look they need to be built up on top of what was not necessary so the most foundational things for human health for our own sanity for our own peace and again i think now this now i can tie it in nicely to what we're talking about at the start is that a baby requires good nourishment a baby requires good sleep all right? and a, a baby requires the adequate amount of stimulation to develop but we go above and beyond. We think because we are older, we need to take on things more. We're getting older. We need to do things faster, but the rate that we should develop shouldn't be at a hyper reality. We shouldn't be trying to develop at a hyper speed. We need to develop one step at a time, still doing one thing at a time. And I think the reason a lot of people, uh, why a lot of people these days are quite frustrated with their trajectory in life especially is because they never completed any one thing before moving on to the next it's just sort of hopping from one thing to the other and they're sort of as soon as the excitement phase is over it'll be just let's move on and try to find something else exciting and where you never f- completely established any one thing
0: oh, you couldn't you couldn't be more right about that and as you're kind of talking to me I'm um, I- I'm really absorbing everything that you're saying because it's it's very true and um, why do you think we do that? Like, why do you think? And I think you're right. I think a lot of the times we don't. Um, and I'm talking about myself here. Um, so people don't think I'm talking about them. <laughs> um, I'm talking about me. It's true. We, we jump from one thing without ever really, truly completing one thing in quality. Um, in your experience, obviously, because you have worked in this field, um, um, why do you think we do that? Why?
1: Well, we can, we can, I can, I can ask that question in two ways. Sure. One could be the biological factor, yep. really biological. Okay. Right? And, and that is because the human, it's a symptom of the human brain. If I, if I frame it biologically, mm-hmm. I can say that we have, we have this capacity that beyond what other, other creatures have, and we, we can um, frame time within, our, we have a very good long-term memory and relatively vivid even though it's still poor it's relatively vivid Mm -hmm. um and we can we have very very good memory and we have very very good forethought we can actually project images into the future for we have very good planning um skills Mm -hmm. as well as human beings and that is also a side effect of our memory um when we get into this state and, and maybe society has got something to do with this or the, or the cold context we live in, but we're living in this very fast paced environment where we're kind of living as though life is a big emergency all the time. Yes. All right. Like, like there's always somewhere to get to quickly. Something has got to be done. We've got to get the job done and move on to the next as if the clock is ticking away. And as a response internally, hormonally, mm-hmm. neurologically, we're kind of freaking out it's like we're being chased by you know a lion all the time and we're and we're we're planning ahead and we're trying to get ahead so our brain kind of projects us into the future and and creates like a security blanket it is a security net basically our ability to plan things um Mm -hmm. is is just a, a symptom of our brain our our great memory that we have so what do you mean um, it's a security and-
0: blanket um cow what do you mean a security blanket what do you mean
1: well when when we're in danger mm-hmm. you know when it, when a creature is in danger having a, having the mental cognitive ability to plan for the future mm-hmm. is to create some sort of security so that you're not going to be remain you're not going to remain in danger all right, so that this is the biological definition. Still, I'm talking about the brain and sure. the biology. Yep, and the sure. Case. So again, it has its limitations. That description. Um, the other, the other description would be basically that if I were to talk a little bit more spiritual, I guess mm-hmm, is that mm-hmm. uh, is that ultimately we're not um, patient and satisfied with being in any one place for too long.
0: Why? why do you think that um, is i think you're ab- i think you're absolutely spot on and i think that's that's and i know you don't talk here about the help you're talking more about self yeah um but i think you couldn't be more right about that why you know why in your opinion callum do you think that is
1: um there is an aspect of fear and anxiety mm. behind this. Yes. I'm not talking about clinical anxiety. I'm not talking about a clinical yep. definition. It's mm-hmm. not psychiatry, mm-hmm. but it, it is. It is a kind of fear. Um, often, if if we delve into the psychological aspect of it, um, it has got maybe it's it's some sort of fear of just having to wholeheartedly deal with yourself at any one point. Because when you do stop for too long, you're left with an awkward silence with yourself. And that's, like, real scary for a lot of people. Yes. Um, having to sit by themselves and be very quiet. Um, and say you take on a, a task. I'll just, I'll just call it whatever. Let's say we, we want to we plant a tree today. Right? Eventually, in that project of planting a tree, ultimately, you're going to come to a realization that it's just you doing this thing. It is just you and your whole thing will come back to you. And just before you're threatened by your own thoughts, your mind will run away into that future security blanket to try to find the next thing to distract you from yourself. And it's a bit heavy, you know, it's heavy to hear this. And, and I think we all do it. I'm, I'm not saying that it's problematic. I'm not saying that it's it's a problem.
0: I think it is a problem, though, Callum. Um, Callum. I do. I personally do, okay. and I think more people actually need to hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, hence why I'm happy that you're saying this because I agree wholeheartedly with you. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, got sorry. Go on, yeah, Callum.
1: yeah. I mean, I I think I think, I mean, okay. When I say it's not a problem, I think it is a problem in the sense of subjectively, it's sure. causing distress to people. But I don't think it's, um, like. There's nothing wrong with you is what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. Right. Yes. So it may, it may feel problematic, but there's nothing wrong with you. Correct. That's, that's, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. Um, so that experience of distress, what it kind of makes you do is it makes you, I call it, I call it mental time travel. It always just puts your imagination ahead of your body, ahead of reality.
0: I'm going to write that down. So I love that imagined, mental time travel. Yeah. Yep.
1: And your mind is constantly ahead of what your body is ever capable of doing at any one time. So here you are, you may be planting your tree because you had some urge to go, you know, go get a plant, plant a tree today. And then about three quarters of the way in before you really have to face yourself, your mind is already wandering over to the next thing. All right. So about a quarter, a third to, you know, half of that task was really somewhere else. Yeah. And then you go on to do the next task. So suddenly you think about, oh, no, i got to do the dishes. And then you go start doing that. And then as soon as you start doing that, guess where your mind's going to the next thing. And as that starts to happen, you can now start to see there's a bit of asymmetry between where your mind is and where your body is. Okay. You can start to see that yes. your body is doing one set of tasks, but your mind is imagining another set of tasks. It's, it's actually fearful about um the, the the task at hand that's about to come because a whole bunch of what ifs pop into your head the reason we also put we, we time mental time travel is because we're trying to uh protect ourselves from all the what ifs the what if, yeah. the what, if the what if what if what if i fail what if this happens what if that happens and what you'll find is you'll actually set yourself up for failure by doing that because when you are there you're never totally there right because to be able to do something at any one time, you need your body to do it, right? Unless you're just um, daydreaming, basically, even to read a book, you know, you can ultimately fumble and drop that book on the floor if you were thinking about something else. Yeah. So, so it's basically you set yourself up for a big kerfuffle because you're mentally time traveling to save yourself. But the irony is that by trying <laughs> to save yourself in the future, you stuff yourself up in the present yeah and and it's this forever big paradoxical loop that keeps going and it plays in and plays over and over and over again and by the end of the day people can't sleep because sleep sleep trouble is probably about three quarters of the people that we see mm. they can't get to sleep they have to pop pills to get to sleep because wow. they have no mental consolation of any one task they did so they can't get to sleep and they're laying in bed trying to digest everything that happened and then when you're sleeping, you're dreaming, you're dreaming so rapidly and your mind is out of control, not even getting good quality sleep because you never, ever consoled anything at any one time, right? You were never there doing anything. You were just daydreaming. Um, so it throws your body out of sync with your mind. Right? Wow. And with this, you're going to get a lot of ailments. You're going to get another, a lot of health issues. You're going to get a lot of chronic issues. Um you know not just the psychological stuff but everything from you know it's called it's called a somatic response somatization is when your body reacts to what your mind is to emotions and feelings and things like that and I'm glad that you just explained
0: that I'm glad you just explained that Callum because I know last time you were using really big words (laughs) (laughs) but thank you sorry (laughs) no no no. (laughs) yeah so
1: so basically that's what that's what it is it's it's just your um your body can react to emotions we know this and mm-hmm. it can change cross-culturally as well but just say hypothetically you're sitting here in the comfort of your own couch and you're daydreaming about uh i don't know your first day at work and you're terrified about it mm-hmm. your body is going to react as if it's there yes right your body will react according to where it yes. thinks it is because you're Absolutely. so clear because our brains are so amazing like that because our forethinking uh our forethought is so good that um we're putting our body in a place that doesn't actually exist yet. And then you'll be in this perpetual so loop. You'll be in this perpetual loop of, and, and what people in this situation feel is that they feel as though the whole world is against them. They feel as though I can never get a break. They feel as though shit is happening in threes and it keeps happening. And, the, and when you fall into that, you know, that your mind is not in sync with your body.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. When and you I feel
1: like everything's just against you.
0: And I remember, and, and that has a ripple effect in almost all areas of your life. When that happens, I think, I don't know if you agree with that Callum. Um, I think it starts mm-hmm. to affect every area of your life. And it's really funny that I, I was, I was recently listening to something about being distracted Um, because nowadays we have these things called phones that we are more like little computers that we pack in our pockets and take with us everywhere. Um, and, um, I was listening to um, someone speak about distraction, and that that really behind distraction, what it really is, having to I'm trying to get it right, having to deal with distraction is also having to deal with pain, is also pain management. So not being distracted was also um, pain management, and what he was saying was it's right. managing your own pain, and it took me a while to understand that, but when I did, it resonated so deeply, and I think a lot of what you're saying is very similar.
1: Right. So basically it was like, if you are distracted, that is a pain management. Is that what you're saying? No.
0: So you're saying that when, so that, um, well, well, if you were to deal with being, So say, for example, uh, I'll use myself as an example. If I had to sit down at my laptop and I was trying to do some work and then two seconds later I start picking up my phone, and this really happens, by the way, (laughs) this really happens, Um, and I start picking up my phone and it's almost like an automatic thing that I start doing, and I know lots of people do this, or I go to start another task and exactly what you were saying, my head is somewhere else, and I end up doing something completely different, like I'm always in a constant state of being distracted distracted by something and what um what i was uh what i was reading was saying that to actually deal with the distractions that you find yourself doing or engaging with is to actually stop and it means that you are also going to have to deal with some pain within yourself because being distracted really is just a result of some internal pain that's happening does that make sense
1: i get it so i guess it is the same thing so to to stop yourself from distracting is to, to confront yourself correct right and yes. and that would also kind of imply that to be distracted is to run away from it right
0: absolutely exactly
1: yeah yeah okay and yeah I, I i i can i can get that yeah totally
0: I feel like some of what you're saying is is the same thing. Um, and I do remember that when I did train with you and I, I didn't quite understand it at the time when you said to me, but you said to me, actually, you can only ever really properly focus on one task at a time, one goal at a time. And I remember thinking, Oh, really? Like, that's not what we're, what we're taught. Like we're taught that we can have like, you know, you know, like three goals, top three goals, but like, going through, you know, the experience, you were so right. I don't think we can actually focus on more than one goal at a time to do it properly with quality and give our full selves to that one thing. Um, Mm. Although we like to think that we can have this goal and that goal and do all of them, but in my own experience, because I have failed many times, you actually cannot. What are your thoughts on that, Callum?
1: that that's 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 really right and and i suppose the listener some listeners are probably thinking oh, i bet you i can prove you wrong and 100% and look, it can be done it can be done it can, can it? be done you can you can no no like it can be it can be you can behave in that manner you can behave as if you were taking on three four things at once okay right you can behave in that manner mm-hmm. so i can have three goals and i can behave as if it's as if i'm taking on three goals at once mm-hmm. but every time you add a new path or a new track you are taking away from the others okay so it's it's kind of like if you have one tree that you have to water every day that's going to take your full attention and the tree will have your full attention Mm -hmm. okay which means that whether that tree succeeds or fails has got something to do with your interaction with it directly there's nothing else in between now if you put a second tree into that yard whether the first tree fails or succeeds, has got, you can blame it on the second tree, right?
0: Yeah, I get Because
1: you're to yeah. run between two trees now to water them both. You throw a third tree in the mix. And then if you have a forest, it's like you are not guaranteeing or you're not paying full attention to any one tree. Basically, because of, like I said, time and space. We're limited by time and space. Mm-hmm. We cannot. We are one single body, but our minds can travel to a million places at once our minds can take, can can multiply us and make imagine us doing five things at once but when we're there then and there the reality is is that you can only address one thing at a time wholeheartedly focusing so yeah. and even neurologically you know we can't okay. process multiple things at a time when neural nervous impulses are going through your nervous system if they're very close but they're never overlapping it's one signal at a time that's, ha- that's passing through the nervous system even though if they're right behind each other so it'll appear as though you're multitasking or something you're only you know your attention is um bar some real special occasions where you have you know um cerebral um conditions where you can process multiple things at once okay um but for for, for the most part like 99 of people it's like um yeah the nervous system is not Designed to do that. But if you are constantly switching between one thing and another because one, you're trying to prove a point, two, you're trying to get somewhere quickly, or three, you just have obligations where you have to do that, Um, your body is eventually going to go into some sort of an anxious panic mode where Mm. it's just impulsively wanting to switch between things all the time. And those people often find it very hard to sit still for even a second because it becomes very uncomfortable because the nerve. the the brain is on a roll like it why should i shut why should i slow down like i don't even know when i'm gonna get up and start going again yes Uh, it's it's very inefficient for the body to shut things off and then have to pick it up again Mm -hmm. it would rather just keep the thing running you know it's like it's like putting your tv on standby versus pulling the plug right yeah when you pull the plug it takes that bit longer for the whole tv to get started whereas if you or your computer even but you put it on standby or sleep mode it's there there's like memory still running in the background to get you going mm. so people who are constantly doing a lot of things you're in a constant state of standby but that still takes energy that's, and right. that's gonna wear it's gonna and when you say and you said it as well it's like you can't wholeheartedly forget any one thing right um, that's yeah right. sure you can do two things three things right but i think it's very hard to argue the fact that if you had one thing you're obviously going to perform it better than if you had two things or if you had three things, right? Correct. Like I, I can't see how you could do two things at 100%.
0: That's, yeah, absolutely. Right. And you're right, Callum, you're right. And I, and I know that um, lot, lots of people, I don't know that they might be agreeing or disagreeing, but I know that, you know, when a new year comes along, people start writing out their top 10 goals. For me personally, like that. <laughs> 10 goals is ridiculous to have mm. within a 12-month <laughs> period, you know, depending yep. on what that goal is, of course, And you know. But, I mean, yeah, I, I just think, um, yeah, what you said at that time didn't quite make sense all those years ago. But reviewing and looking at where I am now, and it makes so much sense, Callum. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to, and um, I know I don't, I don't want to jump too much with you, Callum, <laughs> But do you think that also then ties into our our need to be busy all the time? Like all the time, there's always a a need to um, constantly be going somewhere, doing something. And not that there's anything wrong with those things, but it's like, I don't know. It's like people have now shifted to being in a constant state of busyness. Mm. What do you think? Yeah.
1: That's a really good topic to throw in here, actually. I was trying to think what can we use to tie all this in, but very good. That's, that's a nice one. Thank busyness. you, Callum. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I feel business.
0: like I, I deserve an a gold star when you tell me that. That was cool. <laughs> that was a very
1: nice nice uh, little transition there. <laughs> Thank no, you, Callum. the busyness is really good because... um,
0: Let's talk about busyness. Um, <laughs> I'm very passionate about this topic because <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm not a fan. I'm um, not a fan of
0: being ultra busy. I never have been. And um, mm. for a really long time, I felt like... <sighs> There were sometimes I would go to work and people would say to me, "Oh, what did you do on your weekend?" And some weekends, <laughs> I just would either go and sit in the park around trees, hang out with trees. I know it sounds really weird and strange, um but at that particular time it's what I needed. Um, and mm. I almost felt there was an expectation that when I went into work and people are, "Oh, what did you do on the weekend?" I was sitting in the park and hanging (laughs) out with trees, you know, and people, it's Mm. almost like there was an expectation that you had to be really busy doing all these really cool, super cool things. And again, not that there's anything wrong with that, but I don't know. I think it's almost become this, like, I don't know, an unhealthy norm in society that we're meant to be busy all the time.
1: Yeah. I think, I think for the most part, it can result in unhealthiness um, and also, unhealthiness can result in busyness also. So an unhealthy person will be more inclined to be busy. Right. Um, I'm not saying everyone. And I'm, and I'm also saying that maybe busyness can lead to unhealthiness also. But saying that, I know lots and lots of people who are very, very busy, but they're actually able to keep their cool as well. So I'm not, this is not a, a broad generalization sure, because sure. I, for one, I'm maybe more like you. I I, I, I myself don't like to do a million things and i don't cope very well either with doing too many things me too i I like to just focus and make sure i master one thing before i move on to the next thing really take it on embody it feel the emotions feel everything and make it a part of me before i take on something else yes um it's very hard because again it's not a broad sweeping generalization here but Mm -hmm. For the most part, especially if you're a person who is very aware of your own emotions and you feel yourself going up and down a lot and you can't quite put your finger on it, or you're getting ill all the time, your body's aching, your joints are hurting, your neck is hurting, all this stuff that's going on in your body, your digestion, the the main ones you'll see is bad skin, bad digestion, sore knees, sore back, sore neck. You know, these are the things that you'll see, um, bowel issues. Um, so, this, these are things that will come as, as responses to, you know, just an anxious, stressed mind. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's, it's hard to figure out which end it starts on. Um, I'm not going to say that busyness causes stress or stress causes mm-hmm. busyness. But mm-hmm. what appears to happen, what to me appears to be the case is that when you become busy, busyness is a form of control yes i'm going to frame it i'm going to frame it in a way that's a little bit more psychological not not so much biological beautifully framed (laughs) Um, yes but it's it's a it's a form of control again we are creatures that like to organize things because when things are organized it's security organization means security it means um it means predictability it means uh recognition if something's organized in a certain way you recognize with it better Okay, and this is what busyness really does. It's just an attempt to try and organize the whole world around you all the time and make sure everything isn't to check, you know. Um, having lots of task lists and all these things to do. Um, to try and make to try and put into some sort of coherent order all the mess that's going on in your head. Um, but the problem with that is it becomes a little bit addictive, and and every time you do do it it's kind of like a snowball that just it snowballs it just gets faster and faster and faster until something gives mm. and usually it's an emotional crash yes or illness or an injury they're the three things that usually come around when you've pushed yourself too hard like that yeah <clears throat> but you can, its hard to catch yourself you know once you're on that roller coaster it just it's it steamrolls out of control yes um but it may be a social pressure you know, I, I'm a contextualist. Um, I look at the, the whole picture rather than just the individual with, mm-hmm. you know, what are the conditions under which the person is in. So you want to, you know, there is something of society that's demanding this kind of rate, you know, from people. Uh, maybe it may be uh, the way our schooling systems have made us just, you know, believe that we have to keep going and keep reaching and keep reaching. hundred percent parental pressure it could be cultural pressure um so it's just got to do with organizing yourself and there's something about the civilized man that's synonymous with organization you know if you are organized you are civilized and it's drilled into us culturally as well psychologically um so we get this sense that more is better more is more It just kind of goes that way. And the more I do, the more I can hopefully be proud of myself for what I've accomplished. Um, But that's you sitting here imagining how you're going to feel in the future. Yes. But when you're there, you are exhausted. You are over it. You just want to get wasted Friday night (laughs) and you just want to, like it doesn't, you know, it it all goes out the window. And this is what happens. But this happens on a seven-day cycle. Yeah. Yeah. This happens on a seven-day cycle. This isn't like a 10-year venture. It's like every seven days, people are exhausted. <clears throat> Come the weekend or, you know, Friday, Saturday, or they got something to celebrate, they'll just let loose. That's right. The because of the busyness. And again, this is health. This has got to do with your health. You're on this um, kind of Ferris wheel of, you know, tragic Ferris wheel of health. Um, so think- it, this is, again, like we started, the simplicity is where you need to start. Mm-hmm because mm-hmm. um we're kind of assuming that if we're busy we can achieve and obtain more if we achieve if we achieve and we obtain more we're going to be happier we're going to be more fulfilled that's right that's kind yeah. of the imagine the imaginary thing you know that that's um even if people don't want to admit it if they stop for a second and go what am, what on earth am i doing like what am i doing right now
0: yeah. It's, yeah it's to
1: do something they either assume that they're trying to impress somebody else or satisfy someone else or um You know, get to some higher status, or run away from some pressure or childhood trauma or something like that, where they've been put down for being unsuccessful. Whatever it is, they are just heading full steam towards this thing that they don't really know what it is, and they don't even know why. But um, it's energy in the end. Mm -hmm. It's all energy. It's all energy. It's it's physical energy. It's spiritual energy. It's everything, Mm -hmm. and it sucks it out of you. Um, But if you pull back to simplicity, you realize that the fulfillment that you're searching for is actually behind you, not in front of you. And yeah. mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's that momentum that we have from childhood in this particular culture and this particular time that has just sort of, we've had a rocket strapped onto our back and we're just going since, you know, since we become independent, but we never once stopped to look back and go, Holy crap. I think I left some stuff behind. I think I left, the answers are all behind me. Yes,
0: absolutely.
1: Um, So when you strip back to simplicity um, and not try to go upwards, you will start to realize that, you know, um, life doesn't have to be this straight line. Mm -hmm. It it can be spontaneous. You can think laterally rather than just up or down. You're not Mm -hmm. just failing. You know, life is not just a failure or a success. Is also a, a palette of flavor and experience. <clears throat> you know, that's it's, so
0: it's, true, Callum. Yeah, it's like you
1: can you can describe you can describe a plate of food more than just it was sweet or it was not or it was sour. Or you can't just pick you know a dichotomy, a black and white thing. You can't just look at a have a have a plate of food in front of you and go, yeah, this food was good or this food was bad. Mm-hmm. You sit mm. and look into it, you realize there's so much depth, so much elements in any one place. It's that's not either. So I'm true. just I'm just going to eat good food and stay away from bad food i'm just going to eat sweet food and stay away from salty food you're just putting painting a black and white on everything whereas if you sit and look at anything at any one time you just realize there is there is a a infinite amount of descriptive you know experience that you can have there so Mm -hmm. when you stop first you have to learn to stop once you can learn to stop then you can go pick up some pieces and realize that uh, you're not wasting anything. Because I think another common thing is that people believe that they're wasting time. Yeah, that's a big time. one.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and
1: that's kind of tied in with the busyness as well, the kind of sense that, um, you know, you're wasting time and, uh, and you're busy. So um, I've got to just go faster and get to this place. But if you get, do get those people to stop, a lot of them don't know where they're going.
0: 100%.
1: Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, it's it's a it's a hard one, and it's it's heavy. It's heavy hitting for most people because mm-hmm. most mm. people will become people will say the the thing I often get for that is like, okay. Well, but it's good for my mental health. It's good for my mental health, for my sanity to keep busy. Um, the problem is, yes, it is. Do you it think so, good?
0: Callum? Do you think it, it is good is. for mental health to keep busy? It-
1: it is in the sense that you're you're giving yourself a perpetual experience of um, pleasure. Okay. So you're you're giving yourself this. You know, it's like I'm. Uh, you know, I want ice cream. I love ice cream. It's sweet, and then because of that, it's addictive, and I want more ice cream. But I'm getting more unhealthy. But the reason I'm yeah. getting unhealthy is because I'm not getting enough ice cream, and it's just going around <laughs> and around in circles like that. So mm. you're get, getting the you're getting the subjective experience of. Yes, busyness is stopping my mental health, you know, from spiraling out of control. Yeah. But the problem is, is that there is no end to that.
0: Till mm. your dying
1: day, you're going to be searching. You're going to be running forever. And there is no limit, no conceptual limit as to how fast and how far you can run or run away from something. Mm. When you stop and you take a stop and you pull back and you really face what's going on and you get to know yourself and to love yourself and to appreciate everything that you are inside and out um once you get to do that you realize there's no need to run away from anything Mm -hmm. you don't need to you're not you're not trying to get something you're not missing anything in other words yeah the person you know who can achieve the most is the person who really believes that they're not missing anything in the first place
0: yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cause there's this, there's this saying that kind of, you know, these days I hear and I, I'm not very, uh, up to date or trendy person who keeps up with like, you know, the cool lingo, but I hear this, um, saying called FOMO, FOMO. And for a long time, I'm like, what, what is FOMO fear <laughs> of missing out? And I'm like, really? They're like, yeah, FOMO, FOMO, FOMO. I'm like, Never heard that. So it's almost become like a—I don't know. It's like it's becoming grain now in language. Even a fear of missing out. That if I don't say yes to this and I don't go to this and I don't know, fear, there's a fear of missing out.
1: Mm, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. right. It's yeah, again, it's built into us a little bit. We are social creatures. Yeah. We don't like we don't like to feel as though we are left behind. Yeah. That we're inferior. Uh, we need to always feel like we have a place of belonging. Yeah, of course. So yeah, yeah, people will, I guess, get that FOMO. Um, but I guess a lot of FOMO is irrational. A lot of it is just like absolutely. I need, I need the latest iPhone. I need to get a new car <laughs> yeah. model every year. Um, things like that. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's sold. To, it's sold to them because. You know, the, the marketing industry, the whole marketing gig, they understand that people feel like they're lacking. They understand that. They know that. Yes. Um, you know, I've, I've done a lot of marketing psychology myself as well, and I know that they so they totally rely on people feeling insufficient and inadequate. That's the mm-hmm. only reason you go out and buy anything because at any one time, you don't feel like you're complete. So if you do feel like you're complete, that's bad for business. <laughs> That's really, really bad for business. 100%, yes, if, if yes. If people were happy with themselves, that's bad for business. Yeah. Um, so it is going to be a tough journey for anyone to take on, you mm. know, to do this, to understand. Um, there is no sets of instructions. It's really just facing what's difficult, facing yourself. But um, yeah, simplicity is the key, in my opinion, because that is the, the most reductive point you know you can't go backwards beyond that you can't be unborn like you you die but you can't be unborn like from the beginning so you reduce yourself to what you truly are and then from there you start to flourish under your accord
0: okay so reducing sorry Callum reducing yourself to what you really are what Mm. does that exactly when, when you say that like I'm just trying to like frame that for listeners and even for myself. Um, in in a, like if we if we take that to a you know a, a health a health um, context, going back to what you naturally are or what you really are, what does that
1: mean? That's that's um, something that's a bit difficult to frame in words because okay. if I were to put words, I'll be putting a label on it, saying that sure. okay, well human beings are supposed to be this way. I'm yep. not talking about human beings like i'm not talking about homo sapiens and like okay how, what they should be like i'm not talking okay. about like a sciencey thing sure I'm talking about when you reduce yourself to who you are and to do that it is i think to bring yourself into the present gotcha be in the present for long enough
0: gotcha yeah
1: when you see who you really are in time mm-hmm. and space again you're you're bringing time back you're reducing time back to the instant which is right here and now
0: mm. It's that's that's a good one yeah yeah okay okay got you do, do you uh, sorry and i'm um, to jump around a bit but do you think that's also why we constantly feel like we don't have time or is that a completely different subject that i'm taking no, I, think, on? I think i think I,
1: I think you're onto something there i think it is linked a little bit um yeah that feeling of you don't have like i i don't really remember what that feels like and i'm happy I, to I think, hear you
0: don't and i, I, I can see I, that i don't but I kind I'm of shows up it shows up in your being, Callum. It really does. And I know people can't physically look at you, but you do have an energy um that you can feel that from you. You can feel that you definitely um do not feel that way. Um, which I think to to a lot of people, um, and look, and I oh, myself don't feel that way as of um, you know only recently um, but I have felt that way for a long time constantly feel like you're chasing your tail um, and I'm just wondering you know from your perspective do you feel like that that constant busyness has also ties in with feeling like you, you're always running out of time there's never enough yeah. time
1: yeah I think I think it's I think it's quite closely tied absolutely um, mm-hmm. when you are mental time traveling yeah, I think I hope for the listeners kind of get what that means by now. But it's, yeah, I think they when do. you are constantly when you're when you're constantly ahead like that, it is exhausting. Exhausting, All right. Mm-hmm. Even even in physics, to to time travel requires a ridiculous amount of energy. Now, I'm just I'm not talking about physics. I'm just saying mentally, we are investing in vivid emotional investments of the future when we time travel and we plan so much and, and not only plan, but when we're going out, we're worried about what people think about us, how we look, how they might respond, how we might make them feel. All those things we're taking into account and we take the next step. Every single thing, we're worried about what everything is going to look and how, and how that's going to reflect on our self-image. Um, that's very, very exhausting. Now that energy is kind of draining us. It's, it's not allowing us to think clearly it's it's tiring it is it's actually just hit tiring. Me. that has yeah. just
0: hit me because that is so true that's so true i'll use myself as, as an example i had to go somewhere this um today and um you're so right even <laughs> I, and I'm, I'm assessing myself before i'd even got that. i had this image in my head and i had an image of this and this and that and thought about and you're so right it that is energy we don't even i never thought about it like that callum
1: wow mm, yeah it is exhausting stuff and and um, our memories are so, are amazing you know they they it is a tool it's i don't think it's a flaw we need to just learn to use this correctly um but it is very very tiring because we can plan and forecast things so clearly and so precisely even if we don't pull them off even we might not we often don't pull them off the way we want <laughs> things never go to plan when you do that. that's the that's the irony of it is that when you do that things don't go to plan but the fact that we are able to construct this imaginary world where we put ourselves into, um, in the future or in mm-hmm. imaginary another universe, it doesn't even exist, another dimension, um, is exhausting. And at that one point, you, if you at that one point, your body is just a veg, a zombie. Yeah. Doing its own. If you think <laughs> yeah. about it, your mind is off somewhere else and your body is just like a zombie. Yes. for That brief period. It is, has no idea what's going on. I mean, so you can be driving and you, be daydreaming your whole drive and you don't even know how you got there you don't remember how you got there yes you could be you could be brushing your teeth and thinking about a fight you had with someone at work and you don't remember brushing your teeth yeah and so because everybody is way ahead of their body their body is actually letting them down and they're making mistakes they're having yeah. to go back yeah. and pick up their shit they have to go back and do a double take they have to check if they left the stove on five times because they were never ever there And even when they go back to check if the stove was on, they were still thinking about something else. (laughs) And and technically you are wasting time. You are running out of time and your body's getting this sense that you are wasting time, but you're not running out of time because time is energy. Um, I'm not going to go into detailed physics, but, but basically time implies energy. To move through space, for me to move from here, one meter across the room it requires energy and it requires time right Mm -hmm. now for you to be able to mentally time travel and and get somewhere it's going to take you energy now with that lack of energy will come a sense of time running out of time we we seem to perceive our time based on how relaxed our subjective sense is or how anxious our subjective sense mm. is that's why when you're waiting for something it's why it's called waiting and it's slow and then when you're not waiting for it you know and you got other stuff to do suddenly there's not enough time yes So the same scenario can have the experience of uh being fast and being slow and i call this emotional tailgating mm-hmm. this is like
0: emotional imagine- tailgating what's that <laughs>
1: <laughs> emotional tailgating is like Okay, I'm going to, put, I'm going to put, put you guys into a little scenario. Imagine it's a Sunday morning, beautiful Sunday morning, and you're up, you know, it's 10 a.m. and you're going for a drive to your favorite park or somewhere to go for a walk, nice and relaxed. Mm-hmm. Not a care in the world, all right? You got nothing to worry about. And suddenly this asshole is behind you, honking, mm-hmm. tailgating, right? Like, what's the big deal? Why? And you're thinking to them, man, just like, don't be an asshole. Like, just go around, you know, what's the big deal? Um, you just want to, your, your pace is going slow. You don't feel like time is elapsing. You don't feel like you're running out of time. Okay. But this guy behind you is suddenly the biggest asshole in the world. Yeah. Now let's flip over to a Friday evening and you're driving along the street and there's some slow asshole in front of you. That's not moving. And you're honking (laughs) at him and you're going, this guy is so slow. Get off the road. Right. So you can now see what you can see how, the subjective perception of time is changing, whether you're the one tailgating or the one being tailgated.
0: Oh my God. That And I'm laughing because I've been both of those people. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. And there's nothing. And that other person probably just wanted to get to the park to go to, for a walk. And yeah. you are honking and thinking they're going too slow. Now, the person who's late feels like they're running out of time. Yes. The person who is chilled on that Sunday morning is so chilled because they feel like they have all the time in the world.
0: Mm, that's so true that is so true and you know i know i know you're using this as a metaphor for for life for for life and yeah geez callum that's that is um yeah i'm just absorbing what you're saying um so for you personally um and i'm not gonna you know make it too personal but can you just maybe just share a little bit how do you keep yourself present what do you do? Like, even just give us one thing, one thing that you do in your own practice in life. What do you do to keep yourself present?
1: Okay. Um, firstly, I think it requires a bit of training. So Absolutely. I train myself through certain practices. I do meditation. Um, I do a lot of meditation, but I've also grown up in a in a culture that has a lot of meditation in it sure. as well. Growing up. Sure. But I'm not. I'm not really like. I don't, I'm not, I don't sit under a, a Bodhi tree and, you know. <laughs> I, I are you just, sure, Callum? I reckon you I, might. I, I, <laughs> I know. I just sort of walk and be there. And, and it is a bit of a trick. Um, but the same energy that you would use to mentally plan or to mentally time travel, you use that same energy to mentally block out things that are in the future
0: Ooh. to begin with can sorry can you just say that again can you can you just repeat repeat what you just said cuz that was that was really hard hitting it was for me
1: it's oh, i wouldn't say block blockout's out's a bit strong let's not pretend i didn't say block out but okay you you transfer the energy internally and again i don't i'm not going to i can't tell someone how to do this of course this this is how i experience it sure when something is Jump and believe me it, it does still catch me it still does catch me i'm just just like everyone else but when it does catch me i need i stop i just stop um and i'll just sort of transfer the energy of the mental planning realizing that i'm just trying to organize everything way too much and i use that as feedback to learn about myself right now I go I'm, I'm organizing things more than needs to like what's going on right what am I what's going on right now that's making me want to organize the future so much and just um, use that energy that time traveling energy as reflection energy oh my god so I feel like that's hit me it.
0: right in the heart it's hit me right the- so what you're saying is Callum so that same energy that we expel in our being to time travel into the future of what we're trying to envision in our mind or a situation or a scenario that same energy we can actually use to block well i know you didn't like to use the word block but to um uh become bring that energy back to our being to become more aware of why yeah. it is or what it is why we are forecasting that within yeah. our energetic yeah okay wow gosh yeah, pretty much oh that's really yeah okay
1: yeah because, it, it, you know, most things are symptomatic. You know, we're just a chain reaction of symptoms, basically. Yes. Um, so when you see something troubling like that going on, and look, because being busy feels good, it gets the endorphins rushing, it gets the mm-hmm. adrenaline pumping, mm-hmm. it's very hard for a person to go, oh, hold on, this is a problem right now. It's not. <laughs> it's like when you're eating the ice cream, you don't see it as a problem. It's only once you get some sort of illness from it, then it's a problem. <laughs> Sorry, so true. So while it's going on, you you can't really catch yourself doing it. I, I don't think I could catch myself doing it either, to be honest. It's very mm. tricky. Um, mm. But I set my life up in a way that every single time I make a small adjustment to the way I think and feel so that in the future, I don't get into that scenario, basically. Ooh, that's good. So it, it takes time. I don't just decide to be not busy you don't just go okay i'm going to stop being busy now and just go sit down because you can't you'll be you'll be rocking backwards and Mm. forwards like a mad person you know like you can't Mm. you can't do that you're not trying to force yourself to submit to any way Uh you don't want to people try too hard to, to force themselves and they kind of strangle themselves doing that and that's a bit harsh and that's probably going to make things worse you have to take a little bit of the energy to begin with reflect learn something about yourself And let the course run itself. And the next time, do a little bit more, let it run itself, do a little bit more, run itself. And, you know, like for me, this is something I was aware of over 12 years ago. So it's been a long time for me, you know. So it's not something you just wake up and decide. Um, And I was going to
0: say that. I was going to say the Callum that obviously I see and I'm talking to today, this has been years of putting this into practice and letting this organically th- flow through you. Because another big thing you said in, the, in in part one of your episode was that it shouldn't feel forced. It mm. shouldn't feel like we're pushing and that it should force, it should be flowing through you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's right. It should be flowing through you, but to train yourself, a requ- bit of force is required. Sure, because obviously that's what that's the definition of training. You know, you're pushing, putting some sort of pressure on yourself. Could we call that but discipline,
0: going- Callum? Could we call that discipline? Um, I, th- no? I think
1: discipline. I think discipline is the outcome. Okay. I don't think discipline is the actual. To to say to behave disciplined is not. Again, it's very. It's it's a bit. Uh, bit of a grind to okay discipline discipline is like the the outcome it, what it appears to look disciplined you know you appear to. Look okay yeah someone would say to you oh my god you're so disciplined how do you brush your teeth mm. every morning like <laughs> how do you do it you know i could not do that i could not brush my teeth every morning how are you so disciplined like would you call that discipline from your point of view no no exactly it's from someone who else that they can't do it that would call it discipline oh, so got um, you. yeah so it, it is a discipline but it doesn't mean that you are disciplined. <laughs> oh, I there.
0: love that. I love yeah. that. Yes. You're yeah. so right, right Callum. Yes.
1: Yeah. So, um, But, you know, the, the, the whole, um, the, the forcing yourself thing, you do force yourself, but again, this I think would tie nicely to how we started, is that um, you force yourself, but one thing at a time. You force one thing at a time so that you know what the outcome of that force is going to be, because that force has a purpose to later let it flow through you. So you sure. force yourself through training so that later it just flows through you.
0: Sure, sure. So, so if you're we doing had to... that, sorry, go on, Colin. Yes,
1: no, no, no take like, no. Sorry, um, go.
0: So I was just going to say, so if we had to just frame that for someone listening, and let's say. Um, I'll use myself as an example. So, say for example, I wanted to um, better, one, you know, my goal for the, you know, for the next year would be to better improve my my movement. My movement. I'm not going to go and jump in and go and start doing, you know, real hardcore PT sessions or start training at the gym five days a week or get out running in the street because um, I couldn't. Um, what I would like to do is to commit myself, make a point to commit myself to perhaps walking, walking, Mm. maybe starting off 15 minutes in the morning and building upon that until it gets to a point, maybe my goal is to walk one hour every morning. But to start on that, just that one thing, that one simple thing and commit to that small thing every day, every day, every day, just that one thing. Yeah. And then from there um would you then say that once you um feel or once you have reached that goal of now you're able to walk your one hour every day and you might have built upon that maybe for months might even might even have taken a year to to get that done that would then have a ripple effect to then allow that to flow through you to other areas of yeah, your that's health.
1: right. that's yeah. right yeah people 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 do have very big goals and it's nice to have those big goals. Yeah. Um, but you do need to micromanage that that path. You know, you yeah. can't just go, I want it's first of all, it's a very broad thing. Like if you want to say, I want to be strong, or I want to move yeah. again, or I want to lose weight. Yes. What people don't realize is the implications of that goal, which means that to want to move or to want to lose weight or to want to eat better, that is made up of so many fractions, so many infinite pieces psychologically Mm -hmm. physiologically um that you can't just go i want to do this Um, yes so like you said yeah you would start with a walk the most simple basic form of movement that you're accustomed Mm -hmm. to start with that it has to be it has to be um easy enough so that you're not frightened away and you have a positive experience, but it needs yes. to be challenging enough so that it does take your body to the next level and your mind to the next level. Right. But don't just go out exactly like you said, you don't go out and go, I need to find the best trainer in the world and I need to go do five sessions a week um, because I want, I think you can get there quicker. Yeah. The, the biggest form of acceptance and self-improvement is to tell yourself, I don't care how long it takes. Basically. Um, I give myself one goal a year. If you told, if I had never trained before and yeah. I was terrified and I had done it, never, you know, or say I had a massive injury and I want to get back into movement, I would spend one year just getting one thing down, which may be dealing with the trauma, maybe yes. some bad trauma for my injury, yes. getting moving again. Then the next year I would try something else and go, I don't care if it takes five years because, you know, by the time I'm 60, I'm going to be rocking it basically yeah yeah that's how you got it you build one top one thing on top of the other you don't go i want to get there as quick as possible so i can get to the next thing as quick as possible yes Um, because that time element is crucial biologically psychologically we cannot just um, express everything we can't just pump our mind full of information think that we can get there you know we're not we it's not like getting a usb stick and plugging it into your head and just uploading everything into you and going yep i can do it all Yes. it needs to be embodied we are learning beings we are learning organisms um like any creature or plant we go through learning processes and that comes with uh feedback it comes with constant feedback it comes with failure it comes with success it comes with you know these loops habit cycles yes and you have to tell yourself i need to give myself time 10 yes. years you know you yes. go straight up Go. i'm going to do a, the best 10-year journey ever yeah. Not, uh, none of this new year resolution business, none of this one month, one week business. 100%. Like, you know, I 100%. had to go to school for 13 years at least to get a job.
0: You're right. Absolutely. That's so <laughs> true. That is so true. Yeah.
1: And we still don't know what we're doing when we get there. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> like, you're not, you're not just going to make these drastic changes. Um, just because you, your, your mental time travel you know, did some yeah. amazing things. Um, because you yeah. probably won't be able to keep up. It you know, won't.
0: Wow. On that, Callum. You know, and I know I've you know gone over time with you, but I can't help it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> organization and structure. Um, how important is that? You know, obviously we're talking in terms of um, you know, health, health here. Um, being organized and having structure in your in your day in your life. Now I'm going to say something that, <laughs> I don't know, it might be a bit controversial. I'm one of those people. I do like organization. However, if I'm too organized, it actually makes me makes me anxious if I'm too organized. A lot of people don't understand that. And when I say that, they don't get it. They're like, really? Well, I feel anxious if I'm not organized. Whereas for me, I'm a bit the reverse. If I'm too organized, mm. it makes me uneasy. Um, yeah. So what is your, um, you know, obviously this is, this is your, your field that you work within your realm arena. How important is structure and being organized in this space?
1: Mm, I think it is more important than it is not. Yep. It is, it mm-hmm. is important. Yes. Um, but like you said, there is a tipping point and I think most people have this tipping point, but they're not even aware of it. You may be a bit more attuned with it, but most mm. people do have a tipping point and i have seen it. Um, Organization is like, like we said, it's, it's security. It gives yeah. you a sense of like, you, we define ourselves through our environment as well, not just our bodies. Absolutely. So if we organize the environments around us and not just things, not just our furniture, I'm talking about like our people, we organize our family, our friends in a particular way so that Ooh. they define us and, um, Everything you, gets organized. Sorry,
0: I'm going to, I'm going to, I know I'm going <laughs> to hang on. Just, just give us a little, a little, what do you mean by that? We, we organize our family and friends by the way they define us. What do you mean, Callum? I love that.
1: Um, Cause people need, people need to be defined by things that are around them within their sure. proximity. Yeah. So things that you're going to come into contact with often, you're going to mold more to suit your identity things that are in closer proximity and and a classic case is your parents do this to you
0: yes yes
1: and and it's not a fault of theirs it's like to 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 have some sort of identity and sense of i'm here alive on this earth you need to shape things around you whether it be raking your own garden or molding your own kids it's Mm -hmm. still shaping your environment around you to better suit you to make you feel like the center of the universe basically Uh so you have important you have importance um and there is conflict, obviously, when two head, you know, two consciousnesses collide. You're going to yeah. butt heads and get fights and arguments and stuff. Obviously, but people try to, you know, and that's why you have falling outs with friends because you you can't no longer control their their perceptions and their their beliefs. Yes. yes. So, um, that's what we try to do anyway. You can do it with furniture; not so easy with people.
0: <laughs> so true. So true. So bringing it back to the to the to the and thank you thank you for um explaining that to me. Bringing it back to that health space. So um, you did say that organisation structure is is needed more than it's not. Mm-hmm. So I'll let you keep going from there, Callum. Your thoughts on organisation and structure.
1: Yeah. So just in that way, when you organise things, you're shaping, you're, you're bringing control. Control is a good thing. I don't want people to think it's a mm-hmm. bad thing. Um, you don't necessarily be a control freak because you'll control something. Yeah. Um, controlling something is really owning it. It's like It's like I'm making this thing my own. Yeah, you know, um, um, and when you do that, it gives you this spark of confidence, mm. this this hope, this kind of you know faith mm-hmm. in something, mm. um, and that is good. It's really good as a as a as a driving sort of fuel behind everything. Um, so yeah, when we get people to change, we need them to make habitual changes. They have to structure things, whether it be reorganizing their refrigerator or planning their calendars or learning yes. planning their sleep sleep schedules and things like that to build habits because um, most of the habits we have right now were put into us through some sort of routine correct right it was, yes. it was it was upbringing routines that make us feel and believe the things we believe and act the way we act you just respond to the most ridiculous things you know it's only until you 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 move in with your partner and you live <laughs> with them and you realize oh man i do some pretty weird shit you know because 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 they that's pick true. it out that, how did you until... know Callum? how
0: did you know that was my thought and <laughs> that, i'm that, talking that's
1: about myself it until you meet a straight until you meet a stranger one day and move in with them. Then you realize, wow, like this is not normal, but it's me. And this is how I do things. Some weird, weird idiosyncrasies that we all have weird embodied habits that we all do. And because we grew around our siblings who are kind of, you know, if you're in the same household with your siblings, they're like inside jokes and things and all the inside things you do. And it's not a big deal. Um, but when you move in, you realize, wow, this is not like normal (laughs) for other people. (laughs) Um, so you kind of own it yourself um, yeah. when, when you organize when you organize things and you and you structure things um, and everything that we have had growing up is also a structure of maybe parental you know cultural religious things that have put certain things into us. Yes. Um, so we 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 can do that again. The human brain's amazing because it's plastic. We can continue to reshape it as we as we get older. It does become tougher, uh, but there is still a degree of control there. Um, pre-adolescent is the easiest, but as you get older, Mm. it's, it's, it's harder, but it still can be done. Um, it just takes more commitment. Exactly. It takes more commitment. And, um, where that commitment comes from is an entirely different conversation, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but But basically, you know, that organization is pretty important. And Mm -hmm. the tipping point you're talking about, where you start to feel more anxious, Mm -hmm. some people don't realize. You're the first person I've actually heard say that I feel more anxious if I get too organized. Really? Most people don't don't know the limits. Most people just keep going. They'll keep going, oh, the problem is I need to be more organized. Um, What I think happens is that when you start to structure things, the organization eventually carries more and more into the future. What you can do is organize things further into the future you, mm-hmm. know, you organize something and then the next step is for the for, you know, for upcoming future like it's going forward it's progressing. yeah so as that starts to happen and you become really really organized where everything is so concrete mm-hmm. now you start to have a fear of failure you yes. start to have a fear of what if it doesn't go to plan I've invested all this mental energy and time traveling right now if things don't work out It's going to destroy all that time that I spent organizing this. So you kind of defeat your own validation. You destroy yourself in the present if things don't go according to plan. So you panic. So now you have a security blanket for the security blanket.
0: (laughs) Yes. Oh, you framed it so well.
1: Yeah, yeah that's a, so, that's right Callum and it's yeah. an it's it, it, this is actually a negative feedback loop it keeps going it's like when you hold the microphone up to the speaker and it just keeps getting louder and louder and louder <laughs> it's basically like that or you hold up two mirrors so to each other and there's and there's mm. no end to it it just gets it reverberates louder and louder this mm. happens with our anxiety where we Create a security blanket, it becomes so extreme and so organized, too organized to the point where we need a security blanket for that. And then that gets too organized and we need another security blanket. And then suddenly everybody in the world is not good enough. They're not doing the right thing. They're not, you know, people aren't listening or they're stupid or something like that because it's not adhering to your plan.
0: That's right. And expectations. That's right, yeah. Callum. Expectations,
1: yeah. just that. It's just a planning, really. That's right. Yes. Yeah.
0: You're the first one I feel like who's ever really understood that about myself. And look, um, I think structure and organisation is important. I think it is important in life. Um, mm. And I think if you want to live um, a particular way, whatever that particular way may, may be for you where in this particular um, podcast, obviously, which we're relating it to health, um, I think you definitely do need commitment and structure mm. and organisation to be able to commit yourself to that. But yeah. if I talk about myself personally, if I become too organized, um, I feel like I need a little bit of something just to be um, not out of control, but some somewhere somewhere in life that's not particularly organized. I need something. I need a bit of that to make me feel sane yeah. <laughs> and not yeah. and like there's and you know what it is. I think it's that there's room to bend. That there's yeah. I'm not too rigid. Like yeah. it's not too rigid. There's there's room to bend and it's it's okay. And I can share that and I can show that and I don't have to put out to the world that um I'm you know this almighty perfect person, um, you know, and I'm not, and that's okay too. Yeah.
1: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm.
0: Oh, Callum, yeah. it has been <laughs> talk, <laughs> I you know, talking to you is um oh, I just um you know, I, I do, I really look up to you, Callum, and, and I really admire your thought process, the way that you live um, your life as well. Um, you know, I really do feel it from you in your energy, energy that you bring forth when I've interacted and come into your presence. I remember bumping into you not too long ago, taking a walk um, at a local lake and even the pre- <laughs> the presence that you had walking was just very calm and i was like miles behind you by the way and i could see it was you and i'm like you know they're trying to you know do something and i'm thinking that is that's so calm and you have this very very calm demeanor in your walk as well it's just it has become you it has become who you are so um i think it's a it's a wonderful thing that you do um in the arena that you work and that you give to people, because I think just by being around you, it rubs off on people. I mean, we only trained for a short period of time, but it had a very, um, you know, it had an impact on me. So I, I, you know, thank you for the work that you do. Um, and um, I'd love to see you have your own little, um, I don't know, little, little, I don't know, training organization teaching people this stuff. But then again, I'm not sure whether or not you could teach people this stuff either. So,
1: no, we, we just end up going for a walk around a lake. <laughs> That's all that we need do, do. That we would be enough. A word. We wouldn't need to say a word. We just go for a walk.
0: <laughs> that would be enough, Callum. That would be enough. Um, well, I thank you so much. Thank you for graciously giving your time and coming back for part two. Um, Thank you so much. And I'm sure the listeners again um, will have their minds blown (laughs) listening to all this again. Uh, (laughs) But um, thank you, Callum. Thank you so much for coming back.
1: Thanks, Heath, for having me. Beck, All the best. Thank you. (laughs)